1: fans welcome to morning footy thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Susanna Collins that is Alexis Guerrero's that's Jimmy Conrad (laughs) and this right (laughs) here is the
2: Balenciaga. Yeah. Thank you. Thirty.
1: Thirty. It's a
3: big one. Wow. Yeah, the big. Thrio. It's big one. Yeah. You yeah. dress
1: for the occasion you did. too. did. Yeah. So
3: someone gave this to me for my birthday. Uh, my cousin Franco. It's so. Let me move the thermos. It's uh, a <laughs> fresh Prince of Bel Air kit. Look, if you pop the collar on the back, you want to read that it out your loud. My back is attached to. Him.
1: Fresh. What's it say? Oh. On the playground was where I spent most of my days. it's pretty cool.
3: I I, I thought it was. uh, I thought it was. You gotta go Canton
4: Pop collar the whole episode. I'll go go pop collar. Uh, (laughs) That is
1: amazing. Yeah. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) You're 30 and I don't even recognize you. Yeah. There you go. Happy birthday. Thank you.
3: I'm super excited, full of gratitude that I get to work with a bunch of lovely people. And me. In, grat- <laughs> <laughs> in gratitude for my health, and gratitude for so many things, honestly. Uh, in life, life's good. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy. And by the way, you know when you go to birthday parties and the kid who's hosting the birthday party always has like a little goodie bag? I brought a goodie bag for you guys. Not a whoa, goodie bag. Whoa, whoa, wait, whoa. whoa. Stop. This
1: is not how it works.
3: Argentine chocolate, I chocolate biscuits. I love alfajore.
1: Hello. Oh, me too. Yeah, of very course. Nice. Very oh, nice. Oh, this is wonderful. very exciting. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: You guys will enjoy that. <laughs> Nico, oh, You got you these on what? sale, too. It's really smart. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that is why I remember as a kid, my birthday it was earlier this week, so it was always in the fall. And my mom would make, she would make, Cookies, like special themed like cookies, like for the fall. So it's like always Halloween themed. Nice. Kind of thing. And I would yeah. bring them in. But yeah, this is a nice touch.
4: I also like that they, you obviously order them from Argentina because they have the sticker with the gringo explanation, <laughs> which is sandwich cookies dipped in chocolate. Yeah, there you <laughs> As go. if the picture
3: doesn't do that for That's you. That's amazing. Thank you yeah. so
1: much. Oh, what a guy.
3: They started putting in Argentina, they started putting like these warnings on the labels of food. If they're like, it's an excess of sugar. So it does say... <laughs> Excess of sugar. Calm but down. They should, they should put excess of yeah. happiness in my heart. After. They do that in Mexico as well. And I Could got,
1: give you diabetes. I got a, uh, a
4: Mundet, which is like an uh, a apple-flavored soda, and it had all those warning labels on it. I'm like, can we remove that so I can finish drinking it without feeling all this guilt? <laughs>
1: That's what it's there for, yeah. keeping you healthy. Um, it's nice, too, oh, that your, your birthday you. coincides with Champions League. It does. As well. I feel it's like that's excited. just very poetic for you. Yeah. All right? You did a great job in the glotto Show oh, thank yesterday, you. by the Can we way. we go again today? Very much enjoyed it. Um, okay, should we get into we some should. of the results? We shall. From yesterday, match day three, Champions League. Let's check it out. Here's a look at the results. Uh, we had Bayern Munich getting a 3-1 win over Galatasaray. Manchester United, a massive 1-0 win over Copenhagen, Arsenal 2-1 over Sevilla. It was a 1-1 draw between Lens and PSV. Union Berlin lose for the, what is this, the ninth straight time against Napoli? Yikes. Um, But let's get into, let's get into Group A and some of the matches that we talked about yesterday. Manchester United and FC Copenhagen, they had zero points heading into this. We said that this was kind of a must win for Manchester United before the game. This was a really, really special moment. They were honoring Sir Bobby Charlton, who passed away at the age of 86 over the weekend. And I'll be honest, it didn't start great for United, Jimmy.
2: It did not start great. And in fact, I have a lot of questions because Manchester United just don't seem to have the same gravitas, especially at Old Trafford. FC Copenhagen were there at the stadium. You've seen one of the safes bossing it around until things started to change in the second half when Christian Eriksen came on for Amrabat. Yeah,
4: that completely changed the game. It's never a good sign when your fans boo you at home at the end of the first half. But they found a way to win, and that's something we haven't really said about Manchester United much this season. They sort of willed themselves to win. And it was uh, not the typical name you'd expect here Uh, in Harry Maguire.
1: Harry Maguire. When this goal was almost called back, when they took a look at it, I Hmm. said, oh, no, no, not not Harry Maguire. This guy needs this.
4: We've all found ourselves rooting for this man. And
1: then check another unsung hero here. This is at the very, very end of the match. And a penalty is called. And Andre Onana coming up huge for his side. So... Manchester United get a very, very much needed three points in this one. And it, it, it felt like a redemption game for was, both Harry Maguire and story. Andre Onana, who had made some some terrible mistakes. Harry Maguire, of course, under so much pressure um, at the club and country level. What did you make of the performance for them and what this result meant for those guys?
3: I think this United win, maybe it should have been easier. Maybe they shouldn't have suffered so much, but when everything, when there are things that aren't going right for your club, there's a way to get out of it. And maybe this can galvanize a group. It can give a lot of confidence, not only to Harry Maguire, most importantly, Onana, who did have a big save and before that we saw it, but the penalty kick save just becomes so much more significant because it was like, he called game, Mm -hmm. essentially. Um, and, And United can build off of this. They've got City at the weekend. I think that'll be more of a measuring stick to see. Where United is really at, it'll be at a tr- at Old Trafford, but it's it's a game where it just can give you more confidence. Now three in a r- wins in a row for Manchester United, when there were so many things going wrong, it wasn't convincing at the end of the Not day. Even right? no. so, so Not even close to convincing. So 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 it's like, all right, yeah, great, it was a win. It was super emotional and great for United, and and, and yeah, that'll lift your spirits, but. Well, it gives them hope in the Champions League.
2: They needed to win that game. Had they gone three losses or even gotten a draw, it would have been very difficult for them to get into the knockout rounds. Maybe scrape into the Europa League at that point. But, yeah, big three points for them. I think what's interesting, you bring up the City game this weekend. Eric Ten Hag, the manager of Manchester United, has some decisions to make. And I say this because they were better when Christian Eriksen came on Mm. at halftime for Amrabat. But when you go up against a team like City you know you're not going to have a lot of possession. So do you keep Amrabat on and be a little bit more pragmatic with your starting 11, knowing that you're going to be chasing and Amrabat's more of an enforcer, more casemiro esque I Mm -hmm. would say, or do you have Ericsson come on? Paul Scholes said after the game, Christian Ericsson just brings a little bit more of the football. He makes more football decisions that help the team transition. It it allows, when you have Christian Ericsson on the field, You bring Bruno Fernandes into the game in a different way, he doesn't have to drop as deep to go get it, whereas with Amrabat, he's not as good in transition. He's going to do the work. He's going to clog the passing lanes. He's going to protect the back line, but Christian Eriksen brings something different. So ten hogg has got a big decision to make as to who he elects to start in the Derby.
4: Yeah, and if there's any way that Christian Eriksen and Amrabat can play at the same time and Christian Eriksen potentially could help facilitate more from the left side, which may unlock... A Marcus Rashford, where they severely are going to need that transition game in order to to beat City. And to your point, Nico, there's there's nothing about this match that gives me, if I were a Manchester United fan, the confidence to walk into this City, this you know uh, Manchester Derby. Saying, look at what we just did. We, if anything, Manchester United dodged a bullet here. And you know, much respect to Nistrup, the the manager of, of Copenhagen. They are playing absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. I know the this first season, first twenty minutes was incredible. This was at Copenhagen. a completely different, a completely different team that started versus ended. Unfortunately, uh, and if you're Manchester United, you're happy about that. But I also want to give some credit to some of the ways that you could gut it out. You know some of the dark arts you've played in, in the, uh, <laughs> I mean, what you are. What are you suggesting? I'm the nicest defender of all time. Of course. <laughs> you've never once done anything like what we saw Garnacho do. Is there we could show Garnacho roughing up the spot just before the penalty? That is small, small moments like this. And I know a lot of fans think this is cheating or whatever. Hey, these are all within the letters of the game, the, the letters of the law. Look at how slow, look at, you see the kick up of dirt. In that, is there any chance that that little bit of dirt <laughs> may have delayed or slowed that strike that maybe slowed that ball enough for Onana to get to it? I don't know. But it, within the margins of the game, this is what you need in order to win. And they found a way to win. And this was great for Onana. This was great for Harry Maguire. Scott McTominay, unfortunately, gives up his second uh, penalty uh, in a row. But, I mean, you walk away from this game thinking all the players we needed to have a boost of confidence walked out with a boost of confidence. The fans cheered. The fans walked away with, you know, happy. We got everything. Maybe we maybe wanted. more relieved than
1: happy. I, but they're yes. still happy they're from still this happy. season. Relief yes, is happy. that's true. That's fair. I think so. Peter Schmeichel was speaking after the game on the on the post game show yesterday and he spoke about and Jimmy I want I kind of want you to to hit on this when you can win games like this when you're not playing well when you know that you have not put forth a a good performance and you still find a way to your point Alexis kind of grind out these wins. I mean how how much of a, a galvanizing moment can can that be especially when you know that you have a derby coming up at the weekend against City.
2: I think it's huge to speak to your point about being happy, being relieved in that happiness. I, I, there's something about in the midst of a season where no breaks are going your way. And finally, something goes your way. You're getting outplayed in your home stadium by a team that's, what, second or third in the Danish Superliga. It's just not a good look. Get booed off the field at mm-hmm. halftime. What are you going to do? What's the catalyst for you to change that? And making big plays, you touched upon it before, Nico, in key moments is a way to shift that and potentially shift the momentum. They're going to go into this city game thinking we can breathe a little bit because they had lost that or dropped points or gotten a draw, That so much pressure going into that City game. Now I think they can relax, though. So they're going to suffer against City as well. It's just a matter of how they manage that suffering.
3: Because it's my birthday, I'm allowed to make a Boga reference. Um, but as, actually, oh, wow. makes I, I, I see... It <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, you, you have a lot of birthdays. I <laughs> see a lot of similarity <laughs> between Manchester United, one of the greatest teams in Europe, and Boga, one of the greatest teams in South America, that they play unconvincing football and somehow find a way to win. It happens, I, I, I can fill those Manchester United fan shoes because it so often happens to me where I'm seeing my team play poorly and manage to progress or find a way, grind out results, especially when you're so used to a certain standard and you haven't got that standard, right? So it is a little bit of suffering. But there's a certain United DNA that takes them there. Yesterday, that little miracle that Sir Bobby Charlton helped them win, mm-hmm. you know, you need those little moments. And then you'll need that again a little bit against Manchester City because that will, that will be the true measuring yeah. stick to see where, where Manchester United's
1: at. It did feel pretty poetic that they were able to to grind out that win on the same day that they honored um, the best player that that club has ever produced. Um, Potentially England has ever produced. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's take a look at the standings in Group A. Right now it's Bayern Munich collecting all nine points. They are perfect uh, throughout this group stage. A 3-1 win over Galatasaray, mm. who... Sit in second on four. Manchester United, again, those important three points. And Copenhagen at the bottom with one. I want to point out, too, Harry Kane scores another goal for Bayern Munich in this one. Uh, They have won 16 straight matches in Champions League group stage. The first team in Champions League history to win eight away group stage matches. Um, They extend their group stage unbeaten run to 37. I mean, it's... They're pretty good. It's incredible. (laughs) What what is it What a hot take! What is it about... (laughs) Analysis. Like, this this Bayern Munich team that is just built for this competition, Jimmy?
2: What I appreciate about Bayern, especially in this competition, as you mentioned, is that they don't seem to play to the level of their competition. Mm. They go and just play, and to your point about DNA, they expect to win every time they step on the field. doesn't matter if they're in Istanbul in front of a hostile crowd or if they're at home. Playing against the top opponent, they still figure out a way to get results, and I think that's a character trait of a very, very good team. Harry Kane, I have to say, he is the best passing number nine in the world. I really appreciate with both feet the way that he finds those passing lanes, and then and. The, he, I think he really established it at Tottenham. His his understanding with Hingman Son in particular, especially under Jose Mourinho where he wanted to drop deeper and then allowed to find those passes in between, I think really unlocked another part of his game that's blossoming now here with Bayern Munich where he has these really dynamic wingers. And Musiala, what a player. What a player. What a player. One of the top young players in the world. I love watching him play. A goal and two assists, I think, in this one.
4: Really special player. Yeah, and uh, I also want to give a shout-out to Mauro since Ever since, I mean, what, 15
3: matches, 14 goals, two assists? He's absolutely on fire. He's too good for the Turkish league. And credit to Galatasaray because in the first half, it was an excellent first half. They completed more passes than Bayern Munich they took the risk to impose their game and play their style knowing the risk and the danger that Bayern poses on the counterattack and they were unafraid. They conceded early but then they got back into the game and they tried to hold on as much as they could but eventually that quality and that class—just Bayern brings in a moment yeah. and it kills you. Thomas Tuchel said that
2: they suffered a ton in the first half, Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. But all they did was drop a little bit deeper tactically in the second half, knowing that Galatasaray was going to get a little, little bit tired. Them. And then they could hit him on the counterattack, which is how they scored both of their goals.
1: Yeah, I also yeah. want to give a shout-out to Icardi and a because yeah. the, the level of cojones that it takes <laughs> to, <laughs> to step up and do that, got like, the- that is a player playing with the utmost confidence yeah, it's right, right <laughs> The
3: winning <laughs> penalty kick in the derby at the weekend against Besiktas, Mind you, he had mm-hmm. missed against Manchester United and he scored a panenka
1: here. He's a saucy big. player. He's saucy. Yeah. He's saucy I indeed. Like uh, speaking of saucy, if you were watching uh, the Champions League coverage yesterday, then you heard the big announcement. The Champions League crew is hitting the road after last year's trip to Brooklyn. Kate and the boys are heading for some fun in the sun in Miami for the Champions League match day five. There's going to be a live watch party and lots more surprises. You can be a part of the show too. It's free to join. Just scan that QR code on the screen or visit the URL paramountplus.com forward slash Destination Miami for a chance to be a part of our live audience. Uh, But regardless of where you are, make sure you tune in to Destination Miami November 28th and 29th. I'm a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. I could do with some vitamin D this time of year, you know? (laughs) The weather's starting to turn in the Northeast. Um, But I don't know if you guys saw this yesterday. Um, Some questionable Uh dance moves Mm. and um, outfits from Jamie and Micah. Jamie kind of looks like, he kept referencing Miami Vice, but I was like, you look like Mm. a a mad scientist, my guy.
3: Tell me you've never been to Miami without telling me you've never been to Miami. Jamie's dancing like a,
4: looks like a butcher who just sold the beef that's about to go bad. <laughs> uh, as, a, as a Latino and as a Cuban-American who has a lot of family in, in Miami, nah, that was offensive that day. Uh, if you go how to Miami, you need it, to learn Nico? how to move them
3: hips.
1: Uh, uh, our our um, Miami residents? Yeah. What was your thought? I thoughts? think
3: they got to improve their dance moves before they move. Are you going to go down, down there, to there to and Miami. be their tour guide? I, I, I could. I definitely could. I feel like you could. should. Yeah. I feel
1: like that is a, a feature waiting to, to I happen. Will,
4: I will also say... That if we're gonna we're gonna roast Jamie and Micah for the dance, although Micah was pretty good, we gotta roast Kate for not even getting up and trying.
3: Come Ooh. on, I don't know. Come I, have, I have, have, I have sympathy though, like like <laughs> no. I'm,
1: I'm not taking a shot. My, I'm just
4: saying you should have tried. She
1: she could have been wired to her chair because like, like I have my my mic pack attached to the back of my chair, so maybe she just didn't want to you know deal be. with all the Weird. wires. I'm just saying. I,
4: I, she would have said that, I think. She could have given a little.
1: She could have given a little like shoulder bounce Give me a little chair. A little Theo. One of these. I'm ready. I'm ready for Miami. Look at you! You could done that. I can't wait. That's going to be fun to watch those guys down there. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. Chris Whittingham will return with some headlines when we come back on the other side. Stay with us.
5: and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: Welcome back to Morning Footy. Okay, what do we have here? This is Gorichiba, and mm-hmm. let's see what happens here. Okay. Okay. Nice. No, well, nice. I you don't know what they were trying. <laughs> that's what you do. You th- make them think. He's there. playing check. He's
4: playing chess, not checkers, dude. Right when you think you're gonna go left, you swerve right hard. You the, know what I mean?
1: The way I would want the the ground to just swallow me whole in that moment, like. Mm, but that's a key. It, it. Felt like go. an NFL play. It didn't go well. They started well. on the
2: top of their box. Yeah. Center backs drop in. That's and the decoy. The center back. I actually don't blame by. the goalkeeper. I act, I think the left back wasn't paying attention.
5: Is that? Oh,
2: he he. Nice read. Yeah, that's what I think. Because the other it, two, it the other two stays. center backs dropped. Yeah, and the left back was out in outer space. If I'm the keeper. The I ball. just yelled, meant to do that. That uh, said, <laughs> you
4: know what I mean. The goalkeeper should be able to
2: see the left backs not in his spot, and probably shouldn't hit it anyway.
1: Probably, I'm gonna say yeah. That was a wise decision. Um, hey, Chris Whittingham's here Whitting. with some headlines. What's up, Whittingham? Good morning. Hi, Whitty. Good morning. Good morning. How, How are
6: you? Yeah, I, I like this I like, uh, idea of going, <laughs> sorry, my bad. Yeah. No. Didn't mean it. <laughs> Got them right where we want them, boys. All right, let's start with some headlines this morning. Unfortunately, with some sad news from England. Long serving Everton chairman Bill Kenwright passed away on Monday at the age of 78. Kenwright spent 19 seasons as chairman, overseeing 12 top eight finishes, including a top four finish in 2005. A renowned theater and film producer, Kenwright joined the Everton board in 1989 and was the club's longest serving chairman in a century. In Italy, Udinese is winless in their first nine matches and that poor start has cost Andrea Sotil his job. The City Outside has forced Sotil in his has fired, excuse me, Sotil in his second season in charge. Sotil let Udinese do a 12th place finish last season, but three points in the first nine matches this season has Udinese in the relegation zone. Former Udinese manager Gabriela Cioffi is reportedly set to be named as Sotil's replacement. In other managerial news, Shakhtar Donetsk returns to Champions League action today against Barcelona, and they'll have a new man in charge. The Ukrainian giants have hired Bosnian coach Marino Pusic as their new manager, replacing Patrick Van Leuven who was fired after just three three months in charge. Pusic joins from Dutch champions Feyenoord, where he served as assistant manager under Arne Slot. He takes charge of a Shakhtar side that is sitting in third place in the Ukrainian League and in third place in their Champions League group, heading into today's visit to FC Barcelona. We go from Europe to Asia, where Cristiano Ronaldo scored a pair of second-half goals to lead Saudi Giants Al Nasser to a 4-3 win over Qatari side Al Duhail in Asian Champions League action yesterday. Al Nasser is off to a perfect 3-0 starting group play, with Ronaldo scoring in five of Al Nasser's past six matches. We turn to a story that has been evolving for weeks, the betting scandal in Italy that has multiple players implicated in illegal gambling. Newcastle star Sandro Tonali is one of the most high-profile players involved in that story. And according to multiple reports, Tonali will be hit with a 10-month ban for illegal betting. Tonali admitted to Italian prosecutors that he bet on Serie A matches when he was playing for AC Milan, including matches involving Milan. Tonali is expected to play for Newcastle in today's UEFA Champions League match against Borussia Dortmund, but it could be his last match for Newcastle this season. Nico, it's your birthday, so we'll come to you first. What does this looming suspension for Newcastle do to the club? Now losing Tonali for the rest of the season is a brutal blow. How do you see them coping with the loss?
3: Look, it is a brutal blow, especially considering the money that you paid for him. (laughs) For the I mean, we, we public argue. investment fund, it's probably, you know, not that big of a dent in their wallet. We could argue they took a gamble on him and it they, didn't work hey. out. Oh. Is
2: it too soon, yeah.
3: Yeah. Right. Um Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, look, you don't want to lose Tonaldi because he has great quality, right? Newcastle, in that position last year, they were able to perform anyway. Either you bring in Bruno Guimaraes in there, Joe Ellington was playing in the midfield, it's not like they don't have a replacement, but obviously Tornali is a different caliber player. Now, I'm just going back, and I wonder if Milan knew that this was kind of brewing, and they got him off yes. as quick as possible, off their How boats. could
1: they not know? How could, how could Milan not know that this was...
3: Because you keep it a secret when you bet, but I don't know. Uh, Somebody knew something Someone somewhere.
1: knew someone, I Yeah.
2: I'm with you. I think I'm a that, conspiracy I think Elon, theorist, he, however. I was still, and I guess I'm somewhat still surprised they let him go at all. He was going to be the linchpin for well, that midfield for years. And he didn't years. want to
1: go. That was, that's the other wrinkle in this, is that he didn't want to leave hmm. AC Milan. So, exactly. And so this is, this this also kind of leads me to believe that perhaps the club did know that something was going on of this regard of this nature you think
4: about when him crying like how much how emotional it was it just it leads me to believe that he had bet that he wouldn't be sold
3: yeah
1: what do you think of, he he was down, you of the 10-month ban do you think that that's fair
3: what they give i Tony?: nine
1: eight or nine
4: it's around the same right, around the same but remember when the tonali conversation started they were talking about a potential four-year ban and mm-hmm. moved to one year Ten months seems about right. I do feel bad for Newcastle, though. If he wasn't, from what I've read, it's nothing official. He hasn't. He wasn't betting when he was at Newcastle. Why are they? Why do they? Why should they be punished for something that? I mean, I know you bought a player that that committed a crime or did something wrong, whatever you want to call it. it just feels weird that now all of a sudden they're being punished. This this is. Something that happened. Yeah, I mean, Lon have
2: to foot some of that bill, some of his wage bill, or something. I don't know if I don't you, hate you, that. you have to
3: you have, you have to probably prove in a court of law that they knew. And interestingly enough, in this conspiracy vein of Milan knowing, they also didn't come quickly to buy another world class center defensive mid. They had Kronic and Adli already on their books and it just mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, they, they they reinforced elsewhere. But I feel like if you lose a six as good as Tonali, you might want to bring in a six. That's that type of class as, as Tonali. I don't know. It's interesting. It should, it we'll it see how it interesting.
1: plays out. Um, and apparently, he is available for selection for today's match.
4: And apparently, Newcastle's considering legal action against Milan which would be awesome. Wow. Yeah, we want that. <laughs> that would be great for this show. Soap opera. Yes. Stay tuned. All the time. Hey, Wayne Rooney wanted to go to law school. Maybe he'll be the lawyer. <laughs> for Newcastle. Oh, my God. That would be
1: great. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, all right, guys. We're going to take another break, uh, but we are continuing our discussion on yesterday's Champions League matches. When we return, stick around. We'll be right back.
0: is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus.
4: If What we'll
3: brings you to the shy? Opportunity. Everybody
5: get down! Walk right out to
4: the side.
0: A new rain is coming to the south side.
5: Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job
0: the shy new episodes now streaming visit paramountplus.com slash the shy to get a 50 percent discount off the paramount plus with the showtime annual plan offer ends july 14th the subscription auto renews restrictions apply cbs friday
6: tv's hottest show is fire country i'm not
2: a hero i'm in orange for a reason they're taking 12 months off your sentence you're free
4: The hour at the age of 20 absolutely
6: terrific Ericsson
3: into Maguire when Manchester United needed it most and the referee's given a penalty here Henrik Larsen is going to step up to take this penalty oh he saved it and a big big save when they needed it from Andrea Nana.
1: Welcome back. Here's a look at Tuesday's Champions League group stages results. We already hit on those Group A matches in Group B. Arsenal get the 2-1 win over Sevilla. Lens and PSV and in a 1-1 draw. Napoli 1-0 over Union Berlin. Real Madrid get the 2-1 win over Braga. They remain perfect in the group stage as well. 2-1 win for Inter Milan over Salzburg and Real Sociedad get the 1-0 win over Benfica. Let's chat. Group B, Lens, hosting PSV. And this is the equalizer that would go on to uh, have both of these teams split the points.
3: What a golazo. Yeah,
2: Wahi there. Unbelievable. He was injured this past weekend came on as a sub, but prior to that, or suspended, you're right, thank you for that correction. But prior to that, in his three starts, he had two goals and an assist, so not surprised he hit the back of the net. He played
4: really well against Arsenal, and here's Arsenal playing really well against Sevilla.
1: Sevilla. (laughs) Look
4: at this, Martinelli. I mean, just walking it in. Moments before this, he kind of walked it over the touchline, didn't get across in. I was very frustrated, and then he does this. But all of this is really because of that uh, Gabriel Jesus' turn. And here's yeah. Gabriel Jesus showing you, reminding you why he's world-class. Wow. Wow. Wow.
1: I mean, wow.
4: wow. The look at the no-look, no-look shot. Looked up, made everyone think he was going to pass, tucks it in the top corner. Absolutely incredible. Unfortunately, they also give up a header here. This is one of the vulnerabilities for Arsenal,
2: which could cost them at some point. In the Premier League or even in the Champions League, they still shut off during defensive set pieces. And and I wonder, they didn't get caught on that this time around, but obviously a big result for them having launch in PSV. Get the draw allows Arsenal to go on top of the table and be in control of this. Now they're going to have to host Sevilla in the
4: next match day at the Emirates. But uh, looking good right now for the Gunners. Yeah, I mean, look, there was a couple pressure moments. Mariano Diaz, I think, made a huge difference when he came in. Uh, 30 years old. Some of you guys may remember him. Dominicano. Uh, Dominicano, who I suggested should be the striker NYCFC go after. Dominican playing at Yankee Stadium has happened before quite Uh, a bit. uh, No uh, bats this time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think uh, personally when he came in, I think he proved There's a difference between the way uh, Sevilla was trying to play before getting Lucas Ocampos in in those spots and Mariano Diaz, who seemed to be playing more instinctual, was causing some issues, but luckily Arsenal was able to hold on. And Arsenal showed their class. Declan Rice in particular in the 69th minute had this run, wins back possession, really at the top of his own box, runs all the way back. Makes, a, makes an outlet pass that unfortunately doesn't find the back of the net or really a shot on goal. But it's those moments of, of, of just absolute class from both Declan Rice, Saliba had a, had a track back that was absolutely out of this world. Gabriel Jesus, there's not much more I can really say. And to me, the man of the match was um, Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu, absolutely, there were moments, uh, Thierry Henry did an incredible job of showing our center backs get uh, split, and Tomiyasu finds, finds the energy, finds that fifth gear to get back and just kind of get in the way of a shot as opposed to getting a foot on it. Absolutely incredible from Arsenal all the way through. This is what you want to see away from home, and you would assume that when Arsenal go back home, they'll be able to overpower Sevilla. Yeah,
1: a big three points uh, on the road for them. How concerned are you, Alexis, about the Jesus injury if, if he is to miss some time?
4: I mean, the the biggest issue that I think Arsenal have with Gabriel Jesus is keeping him healthy. It really seems to be an issue with a few players, Parting in particular, pulled up with an injury in training. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, He showed you here why he does so much. That back to that world class, the player we saw when he first came from uh, Manchester City to Arsenal, that ability to take three players out in one move, almost like it was a bit of a Croy turn, turns Mm -hmm. around and then to uh, just a perfectly weighted pass to to a running Martinelli, where Martinelli can show the skill that he has best, which is what happens when he blazes past everyone. That doesn't happen without Gabriel Jesus, and without Gabriel Jesus there, who's his replacement? Uh, and is Ketia, and not doing that. You know, there's, there's really no one no, there that can do... The exactly. There's no one there that can do what Gabriel Jesus does. And a lot of Arsenal fans have issues with Gabriel Jesus not being an in-and-out goal scorer. But he showed you, not only can he score goals in those moments, but he has that one move that can... There's, there's a stat called packing stats. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. It shows... How many players do you take out with one move? Ooh. Highest packing stat of the match was Gabriel Jesus for that one move. Man, look at this guy with all the stats.
2: I think what's interesting was that (laughs) Arsenal felt very left-sided in this particular game. Tomiyasu on the left side, Martinelli. Mm -hmm. Gabriel Jesus was having a lot more success on that side. I thought Saka was pretty quiet. I thought that Odegaard didn't have as much impact. Maybe this whole season he's been a little bit quieter than usual. It's nice for Arsenal to have more than one option, that you don't, if you take down or or cut out the right side, there still can be some damage done on the left side. I just want to say very quickly about Sevilla, when you give up a goal right before halftime, that is an absolute dagger. And I wonder what that second half would have looked like if it would have been 0-0. I still think they're gonna be a force to be reckoned with on match day four at the end.
4: They're very good. Diego is doing a great job. He
2: is.
1: Yep. It's Arsenal
2: key moments making key plays. Mm-hmm.
1: Arsenal sitting on top of the group B table. Right now, they have six points out of three games. Let's transition to Group C Braga, hosting Real Madrid, who uh, were perfect in this group stage, and they remain so because they have a guy on their team named Jude Bellingham who cannot stop
3: scoring goals. His timing, his awareness, his positioning. Unreal. Despite him having a quiet game up to that point, the fact that he gets there and he scores, he's so clinical, sharp. And then Napoli scoring at Union Berlin, who are coming apart nine losses in a row. This is their worst run of form in the 21st century. And obviously, for the Union fans, it's it's super significant that they're even in Champions League, but it's just not great at yeah, the moment in the, the capital.
1: Nothing to show for it through three matches. Real Madrid, on the other hand, uh, three wins in their three matches. They sit on top of the Group C table at nine points. Uh, Napoli right behind on three and Braga, or six and Braga with three points. Um, okay, should we, would we rather chat about Real Madrid or... What's going wrong? I'll talk to Drew a little bit. I I was really
2: impressed with Vinicius Jr. He had two assists in this particular game. The fact that he can go back and go get the ball and still cause problems, but then also hit you up over the top. Tony Cruz played an excellent ball. For their first goal, Rodrigo scoring his first yep. goal since the first game of the season, mm-hmm. I think uh, really speaks to getting him back involved. And obviously Jude Bellingham is a special player. This sounds like an ultimate team. The
4: more names you mention, I'm like, my God, they all <laughs> wear the same shirt. That's That, not that said, though, Braga
2: did have a chance to make a 2-2 at the end. I still think there's some vulnerabilities on the defensive side of the ball for Madrid. I know they have some injuries, maybe haven't been as sharp. But Madrid just do what they do in this particular competition.
3: I, I feel like Madrid also had one eye on this game and one eye on El Clasico the weekend, and maybe Barcelona will too today when they play Shakhtar. Um, a little, not a complete rotation, obviously, but a couple of players. I wonder if Rodrigo starting means that, for example, José Lu plays against Barcelona at the weekend maybe maybe not I don't know but I'm just trying to get into Ancelotti's head to see where he's at considering that he's got a massive game at the weekend I
2: feel like Rodrigo is a confidence player and if he scores in this game you got to roll him out again there you go with all due respect
4: Mm -hmm. and Ancelotti likes that Ancelotti likes to ride the hot hand so I assume he will but I do like Kozulu this season he's been playing well as far as Union Berlin is concerned uh, they um, we've seen this a couple times. We saw this with Milan last season where the supporters sort of asked the players to come and have a conversation. Right. We'll call it a conversation. Did they have like uh, uh, did they have the packing stats? Yeah, yeah, for- yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they passed <laughs> no players on the way there. Uh, we've seen Milan do that. We're seeing Union Berlin here do that. And this one's a little different. In fact, uh, Olympic Lyon had the same situation. Olympic Lyon having an absolutely terrible season um, and their fans reminded them. That, you know, you wear the shirt for us, essentially. Right. But when, you Berlin's fans told them, hey, you lost to a Napoli team that only had one shot on goal. That's I'm quoting them. They said, we're living our dream here in Champions yeah. League. And to me, this is, you know, we talk sometimes about the toxicity of the passion. You know, the, the thing that you love also could be the thing that hurts you. This seems like a relatively healthy way to respond to a team that has now lost what, ten in a row? Nine in a row. Nine in a row. With this including that? Yes. I believe that was their tenth.
3: No, they were were sitting on eighth. Okay. This is now nine.
4: Nine in a row. Lost nine. Not haven't won and lost nine in a row. I thought this was a maybe a way to help inspire the team to play better versus sort of Threaten them to play?
5: <laughs>
3: you know, I was trying to find a better word than threaten. One difference is <laughs> that Union has been playing top flight football for only four years. Exactly. They're right. a small club, as opposed to the ones that you mentioned. Mm. Milan, that are European... Behemoths and so mm-hmm. Lyon are are giants yeah. in France. They and won three dead last, three league in a row. No, 4 Ligue 1s? six league Six league in a row. Yeah. 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 And then uh, Bayern and Juve came to smash those records. But for a long time, they were like the European team that held that consecutive domestic streak, the longest. But yeah, those teams are used to greatness, and I guess it's a healthy way of seeing things because Union is. The, the club is made for the fans and the fans have built the club and they understand what it is. And they under, the, the fans are the club at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Right. They've been through the lows and they've climbed the rank. They were in fourth division in 2006 and now they're playing Champions League football. So. Perspective
1: is important. Yeah. yeah.
3: Absolutely. And, and as you
1: said it, I'm glad you said healthy. That's a very healthy
3: attitude. And they've quote-unquote done
4: it the right way to get to this point. So this is beautiful to see.
1: It is. Um, before we go to break, let's take a look at uh, the Group D standings. Uh, the results yesterday, Inter Milan with the 2-1 win over Salzburg. Real Sociedad beat Benfica 1-0. Benfica remain winless in this group stage so far. Shocking because they made it all the way to the quarterfinals last year in Champions League. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take a quick timeout we are previewing some mls wild card action when we return don't go anywhere
5: cbs
4: wednesday we have so many cool diverse people from different backgrounds different
0: beliefs different upbringings and it just keeps growing I feel it
3: here.